Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. What's up, what's up? It is Wednesday, July 26, and this is another exciting episode of the Thinking Outside the Boombox podcast, your source for hip-hop and R&B news. Uh, This past week was an exciting one in hip-hop and R&B. There were some... um, important releases that dropped and we'll get into that in the press play segment but as you know i like to start off every uh episode with a song of the week so the song of the week for this week was inspired by one of my favorite movies ever uh mrs and i sat down and watched space jam last week um and it, it's it's still a fantastic movie. I mean, it's a bad movie as far as, you know, acting and you know those things go, but just the nostalgia factor and how much I watched that movie when I was a kid, it's still one of my favorite movies. So we decided to reminisce and while reminiscing, we also you know rediscovered just how good the Space Jam soundtrack was. Um so the song of the week and the song that I want to, you know, remind you all of for this week is by the one and only Monica. Um, one of the funny things about the Space Jam soundtrack is I want to say two thirds of the songs that were on the soundtrack didn't actually play in the movie. Like they just threw them in <laughs> like during the credits so that they could fill up the soundtrack. But and this was one of those songs that didn't actually play during the Uh, movie but it's a fantastic song so the song of the week for this week is for you i will by monica 
Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Let's jump right into the press play segment. Um, as you may know, the press play segment is where I talk about um, current events in hip-hop and R&B, some releases you should be looking out for, some rumors in the hip-hop and R&B community. So let's start, first of all, with a shout-out to the hip-hop and R&B genres as a whole, because uh, I believe last week, um, Nielsen, um, in, a, in a report, Nielsen wrote that hip-hop and R&B had taken over uh, the top spot as the number one consumed music genre in the United States at 25.1%. And I think rock was in second place um, in the 20s. So shout out to hip-hop and R&B. I mean, we all knew this. You know, we 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 figured that hip-hop and R&B was what's popping and that that's what people are listening to. But it, it's good to see, you know, see that validated through some statistics and whatnot. Um, so first of the things you should check out for this week, and as you know, everything on this list will be in the podcast newsletter. You can find links, um, to everything so that you can watch it yourself. Um, so one of the first things is Action Bronson. So Action Bronson is planning to release a new project, Blue Chip 7000, um, and he's hungry. He's hungry. It's been a minute since he dropped a project. You know, he's been off doing Fuck That's Delicious, the Viceland show. And he's hungry to get back into music because he went on the uh, Funkmaster Flex, Flex's show and he spit a freestyle. And he he probably went on for like five, five minutes just rapping. Like he just had bars on deck and he wanted to get them out. Like he was... He was hungry. You could you could hear it in the intensity in his voice, and it, it's a it's a dope freestyle, dope thing to watch. So definitely check out Action Bronson. He's a dope rapper, and I, I I really do feel like he's underrated. So so definitely check out um, his freestyle. Um, another thing you should check out: a video surfaced of Kanye way 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 back in the day. This is like just signed to Rockefeller Kanye. Um, a video surface of him like rapping for Jay Z, and it seems to be the studio session, um, the studio session that that created the bounce from Blueprint Two, the song that uh, was Jay Z featuring Kanye. So it's just like you know Kanye in a studio with Jay Z and a bunch of other people, and he's rapping his verse, and they're all going crazy about it. Um, and it's just interesting to see um, past Kanye and, you know, just how excited he would get about music and how excited he made other people feel about music. And it's just a dope throwback video. So definitely check that out as well. Um, speaking of throwbacks, Cisco is back in the news because he decided, look, it is time for a thong song remix. The world needs it. That's what Cisco decided. And so he linked up with some dude um, named JCY who did like a remix. It's like a up-tempo, like, like electro type of beat, but it's the thong song and Cisco's in it and there's a music video and there's obviously women in scantily clad clothing <laughs> and all of that. 
So, you know, Cisco's trying to bring the thong song back. And, I mean, the song didn't sound half bad. It's, it's not the original, but it wasn't terrible. But, I mean, Cisco, Cisco thought that we deserved this. So, you'll want to check that out as well. Um, two members of Pro Era, which is Joey Badass's, um, you know, group, uh, Nick Caution and Kirk Knight, uh, decided to drop off their EP. It's called Nick at Night, which I think is a very clever title. Um, it's like, I want to say like eight songs or something like that, eight to ten songs, and it's on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, every, everywhere, all the digital platforms you can find it. I definitely recommend that you listen to this project because both of these guys can really rap. Like, most of the dudes in pro era can can spit, but, you know, Nick Nick Caution and Kirk Knight are, are at the top of that list, so this tape is going to have bars. It's called um, Nick at Night. The single is called Off the Wall. Um, definitely check that out as well. Um, a couple appearances, a few appearances that you should check out. 2 Chains was on The Breakfast Club, and he was talking about Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, his album, as well as just generally his inspirations and some things that have been going on, His how he got mixed up in the beef with Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. It's a really entertaining and informative interview. 2 Chains always throws down in the interviews. He's a dope dude, and um, he really knows what he's talking about. So that was a dope interview. Um, SZA showed up on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon with Travis Scott to perform her song Love Galore from uh, Control, and that was dope. It was SZA is a great live performer from all of the videos I've seen of her performing stuff from this album, and this is one of the best performances I've seen in videos uh, since I started watching them. Um, she really puts it all out there, and her voice really carries live, and Travis gave her a dope uh, feature and cameo, so you'll definitely want to check that out as well. Tyler Creator um, showed up on Colbert to perform his song 911. He put on a dope performance, he had like a bunch of people on stage partying. It was like a jazzy type uh, performance. It was cool, it was cool. Tyler, Tyler's out here doing it, so check out that as well. Finally, if you have title, and maybe it'll show up on YouTube in like a couple weeks, uh, Jay Z dropped the video for Kill Jay Z. And he also dropped the footnotes video where he, you know, talked about the inspiration for the song and stuff like that. Um, the video is super short. It's like maybe less than two minutes. Um, and it's directed by the same dude that directed uh, 99 Problems. So definitely check out all of those things. It's all going to be in the podcast newsletter. A few rumors. Um, so apparently Deaf Poetry Jam might be coming back with the name, I think it was all Deaf Poetry or something like that. Um, but Deaf Poetry Jam was kind of like Deaf Comedy Jam, but with poetry. Or so um, they had a bunch of people come on and they just did spoken word and stuff like that. And a lot of like famous celebrities used to do this back in the day, but it, it kind of just ended. Um, so it could be getting a reboot and um, Russell Simmons wants Chance the Rapper to host it. So that could be very interesting. Nothing's Nothing's set in stone, but Russell Simmons says, I want Chance to host this if it gets rebooted. So stay tuned for that. Kanye is getting sued. That's in the rumor mill. Apparently, a bunch of people have filed a class action lawsuit because he said, you know, in all those tweets that The Life of Pablo was going to be a title exclusive. So people bought title subscriptions so they could get it. And then just to find out that 
he would put it on Apple Music and Spotify like maybe a month later. So they're suing him and Kanye's pretty pissed about it. So I just think that's hilarious. Um, so, I mean, hey, uh, check out the information in the newsletter because if you bought a title subscription because of that, who who knows? Maybe you can get it on this class action lawsuit, get some, get some of that yay money. Um, finally, in the rumors, Bun B, who hasn't put out a project in like three, four years, is dropping a project possibly called Extended Play EP. And toward the end of August, so look out for that. The Houston native always comes hard, um, and it's been a minute since we've since we've got some music from him. So you definitely want to want to get in on that. As far as the things that are upcoming, uh, this Friday we've got two uh, important albums dropping. Amine, um, who I chose as the best new artist um, in the mid year review last week, um, is dropping his debut project, Good for You. So that'll be coming out this Friday, as well as Vic Mensa's project, The Autobiography, which um, who knows if it's the same album, but it might be the Traffic album that we've all been waiting on. Either way, Vic's got some some dope features on it. And, um, you know, it's been a minute since he's dropped a full length project. So you'll definitely want to look out for that. So that is all I have for you in the press play segment. As I said, you can check out the podcast newsletter at thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com to check out all the links to everything I just talked about. Um, Let's take a short break and then we'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Let's get into the Dig Deeper segment for this week. Um, so this week's big topic is J. Cole's For Your Eyes Only tour. Um, but before I talk about that tour, um, and specifically the Chicago leg of the tour, um, I want to talk about Tyler, the Creator's album very briefly. So he dropped off his album Flower Boy last week. Um And I just want to talk a little bit about it so that I can, you know, you know, implore you all to give it a listen. I personally think this is one of Tyler, the creator's best albums to date. You know, he had the, you know, first two albums like Bastard and Goblin, where they were still kind of like, you know, grimy and. Tyler being weird on some Eminem stuff and saying all these like vulgar and violent things. Um, Then it kind of started to turn around around um, Wolf and Cherry Bomb, which was super N.E.R.D. influence. And now we have Flower Boy. So the the album is is one of the best produced albums I've ever heard from Tyler um it's one of the it's the most vulnerable i've ever seen tyler um the album is clearly influenced by like jazz by blues funk r&b then hip-hop of course it's it's just a really wonderful album to listen to and then when you also go deeper into what tyler's talking about on the album it takes it to a whole nother level um so one of the big things that everybody's talked about on this album is that it appears that Tyler the Creator comes out of the closet on the album. 
and this is mostly has been a big deal in the media because Tyler's had a, you know, a weird phase back, you know, in his early rapping days where he was super homophobic and would say a lot of derogatory things, you know, about gay people, you know, even though he he like seemed to be joking. It was it was the way that he joked and people didn't really like that. And, you know, Frank came out and Tyler was like nothing but supportive of it. But so for all of that to have happened in the past, for it to come out that he is possibly gay, people have been losing their minds over it. Personally, I don't think it matters. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised, and it doesn't really have an effect on the music. But it can't be denied when listening to the album that that does seem to be true. Uh, Different turns of phrase, different things that he says, um, and alludes to things that are interconnected throughout the album, it does seem to be the case. And that makes the album even better, because the way that he does it is so pure and the way he just details everything in the project is really great i think this is one of tyler's most mature albums you know uh and that's you know from a lyric standpoint and production wise um he's got some great features on the album frank ocean is on it pharrell is on it um he's got like a lot of different background vocals from different people um and you can, you know, Tyler's one of Pharrell's like biggest fans in the world. And you can hear the Pharrell influence on a lot of songs. There's a lot of songs, especially I think on like Glitter toward the end of the end of the album, um, where he sounds like Pharrell and like a lot of the like production just has this like Pharrell, Neptunes, and even NERD type sound to it. So he's heavily influenced by that. Um, and it just takes his album to another level. Like the very last song is just an instrumental. Like it's just, it's just a really nice work of art. Um, and not one that, you know, six years ago I could have foreseen Tyler making. So he's shown a lot of growth, um, you know, within his own music making and clearly as a person. And it really shines through on this album. So give Flower Boy a listen. He's got a really, really dope song in there called November um, where he's just like, you know, kind of laying out all his insecurities and like some of his fears in the music industry and his relationships and stuff like that. And it it's a really dope song and I think one of the best on the album. So give Flower Boy a listen. It's on all of the, the platforms. Tyler, the creator, is really really bringing the heat so that's all i have to say about that so let's jump into uh for your eyes only j cole is on his uh world tour for for your eyes only the project he released last year and he's got about i want to say 15 uh shows left on the tour in the united states before he goes over um to Europe, Australia, uh, places like that. So you definitely want to get this in quick. He still has shows in Toronto, Brooklyn, Boston, Uniondale, New York, Baltimore, D.C., Charlotte, Duluth, Georgia, Miami, Orlando, Houston, Austin, Dallas. So if you can get 
to either of those shows and the these are all like within this month and the end of throughout the end of august so if you can get to these shows i strongly suggest that you do um he had four openers for the tour um and they were all great ari lennox a recent signee to dreamville she really showed out and flexed the beautiful voice that she has um sometimes her music drowned her out which i think was just a you know a technical issue that needs to be worked out this is not like a flaw of her um but her voice is so amazing live but like the music was just so loud sometimes that like you couldn't hear her and it's that's it's a shame because you wanted to hear her. She has a fantastic voice, and I strongly, strongly suggest that you listen to um, her latest project. I believe it's an EP. She released it um, maybe at the top of the year, I want to say. Um, but it's called Pho, P-H-O. Um, it's got like... I think seven songs and it's it's a pretty dope project she has a lot of Erica Badu vibes on it um and she released it I think shortly either shortly after or shortly before she signed with Dreamville uh J. Cole's label so the next um opener was J.I.D. who was also a recent signee uh to Dreamville um, and he's like a gritty, you know, rapper who has some serious bars and a lot of energy. And he's basically rapping about that street life. And he has a project that he released earlier this year called The Never Story. Um, uh, J. Cole is on one of the songs. You know, he's got Six Lack on it. And it's also a project that you should check out. Um, Boz, who's been a longtime Dreamville veteran, he showed out like the veteran he is. He was very polished. He played all of his hits. Um, he was very good as like the warm up for the final opener, which was Anderson Pac. And I went with my homie Joe. Shout out to Joe G. Um, I we had no idea who the openers were because I bought these tickets so long ago. The openers weren't even announced. And I mean, I'm going to see J Cole, so I didn't really care who was opening. But to find out that Anderson Pac was opening was a big surprise because Anderson Pac is dope. And he really impressed with his great live voice, his ability to play the drums and sing at the same time, his energy. Um, you know, he he really brought the heat and he he really warmed us up for J. Cole. Um, they were all great opening sets by Dreamville and then the squad that they brought with them. So as far as J. Cole goes, you know, I never got to go to the Dollar and a Dream shows he he did he used to do these shows where secret location for the show um he tweets it out the day of and you have to go there and the tickets are only a dollar and these it's these real intimate uh shows and i think he did one for the warm-up where he did like all warm-up show warm-up songs he did one for friday night lights i'm pretty sure he did one from maybe he did one for the come up or or another project and i know they were in chicago twice and both times i wasn't able to get in and get tickets and so ever since then i made sure that i went to every single major like j cole tour after uh sideline story so i was at the born center tour the 2014 forest hills drive tour and now the four year eyes only tour and this was easily the best show he's ever done in, in chicago 
you know, Born Center was in like a smaller venue that didn't really have a lot of character as far as hip hop uh, shows go. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, that tour was in an outside arena. Um, but something about this tour in the United Center in Chicago was perfect for Cole and like where he is in his career. You know, it was super loud in there, but it wasn't overwhelmingly loud. You know, Chicago showed him so much love and he gave it right back to us. You know, the set was dope. He came out in a prisoner's uniform that said like property of and then there was a blank on the back. He was escorted by cops. The stage was like a prison. There was like barbed wire surrounding it, lots of security cameras and like those lights that look like street lamps. And he basically imprisoned himself on the stage. The stage was um, his was like a prison. And. You know, it was also an interesting new setup because the stage was in the middle of the arena rather than rather than in the front of the arena. So the seats in the middle actually had uh, the best. They had the best view. So you might want to consider that if you're planning on getting some tickets for this tour to try and get some in those middle areas, because I'm pretty sure it's the same for all of the venues. So. You know, I wore my Tupac shirt to this concert, mainly because I just like the shirt. But, you know, there must have been a subconscious reason. You know, while I was in the show, I started thinking of how similar J. Cole is to Tupac, at least in, like, hip-hop form, not so much the lifestyle. You know, Cole isn't out here living the lifestyle that Pac was, and he doesn't and hasn't claimed to. But when you think about how conscious Pac was... And socially conscious and how woke Pac was and how he used his music to express that. I can't help but draw some similarities to J. Cole's last three to four years in the game and his last two albums, especially. Um, You know, he's openly, openly been campaigning and protesting and all of the issues within the black community you know he's openly denounced the fame and riches and like collaboration aspects of hip-hop because he just wants to make the music he wants to make and deliver his his own message um and Pac Pac was like that in that he used his platform to just say whatever he wanted to say it how he wanted to say it and he didn't care what other people thought and he wouldn't let anyone you know, change, you know, what he wanted to say or like dilute his message. And, you know, like most good conscious rappers, Cole showcases a dichotomy of, you know, how he raps with some substance and has, you know, this message and, you know, all of these things. But at the same time, he has some songs where he's rapping about cheating on his girl or, or calling women bitches and hoes and stuff like that. But like Pac, there's something like earnest about it. Like you don't you don't when you're listening to it, you don't think that they're like bad people. Like you 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 realize that, you know, these songs don't really help their image and it's not, you know, it doesn't really fit with the other sides of themselves that they choose to show. Um, but you know that they're not just like one sided, like there are layers to them. And, you know, so this was something that I was thinking about throughout the concert and it wasn't, it's not a fully fleshed out thought, 
But, you know, I, I think it's an interesting thing that I will explore um, because I think especially as far as rap goes, J. Cole, J. Cole is a lot like Tupac in the things that he chooses to rap about, the way he chooses to do it, um, and the way he uses his platform to speak to us and to tell our story. I think that's something that Pac did very well, and I think it's something that J. Cole does just as well. So, you know, the tour itself, let's talk about that. I think this tour is absolutely for the real J. Cole fans. You know, he he began playing For Your Eyes Only in its entirety. Um, it's an, an idea he formed two years ago with 2014 Forest Hills Drive, where he was just like, I... I want to perform this entire album front to back. You know, the way he felt about it was if I, if these songs mean something to me and I wrote these songs and they mean something to me, why would I not perform them? Why would I choose not to perform them just because everybody wants the hits? He was like, no, I'm going to do something different. He talked about how terrified he was of that, but it definitely works. You know, every song he performed at this show was performed with such high energy, such passion and such clarity. And like the crowd was locked in by the time he decided to take a break from the project to play some oldies, which I think was like maybe four or five songs in, like we were locked in. Um, and I, you knew he was going to play some old tracks. He gave us lights, please can't get enough. Nobody's perfect from sideline story. You know, he jumped back into For Your Eyes Only, brought Ari Lennox onto the stage to perform Change. Um, he gave us Power Trip and Forbidden Fruit from Born Center. And then he did the thing that he's been doing at the shows where he shows that the beat from Forbidden Fruit, sorry, the beat for Neighbors off of For Your Eyes Only is actually the Forbidden Fruit beat from Born Center played backwards. Um, and he showed us that. He also then showed us the videos from the Neighbors song. So, you know, Neighbors is about how, you know, he had this studio in North Carolina and the Neighbors thought that he was selling drugs, so they called the police and the police came through with a SWAT team because they thought he was selling drugs. Um, and so he showed us the videos of, like, the SWAT team, like, raiding his house because he had cameras everywhere. Now, like, in this in this tour, Cole was in full motivational speaker mode like in between the songs he was like talking about his influences and he was explaining to us like what he was thinking when he decided to write some of these songs you know he talked about thinking about the future to set goals so that you can accomplish them don't try to live in the moment all the time although he can respect that um building up the black community but at the same time he mostly spoke about his experiences and what he's learned and he offered us suggestions rather than you know like directions or rather than orders um you know it's it's clear that cole has a message you know even from the set to how he's like he's portraying himself as a prisoner while he's up there like rapping to us it's cure it's 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 um, clear that, you know, that's something he wants to get across to us, you know, but at the same time, he knew that it was a hip hop show and he gave us like one of the best shows I've ever seen, you know, the transitions, there was a transition where he played a bunch of 2014 Forces Drive hits, drive hits, 
And so he went from wet dreams to a tale of two cities to get off my dick to no role models to love yours. And like that entire like five song set was some of the most impactful and high energy spots of the show. Like it was so clear that that album resonated with the crowd. Everybody knew the words to every song he played on that album and everybody got out of their seats and were was like live for those songs more than anything else. You know, he played Folding Clothes and She's Mine off of for, for, uh, for Your Eyes Only, and he was super genuine. You know, he acknowledged that these songs aren't the turn-up songs um, that people want to hear, but they mean something to him. And, you know, he said that he prayed that we could all find the feeling that he found or that he was feeling when he wrote she's mine and folding clothes and you know he talked about how you know there are people in the audience with different perspectives so you know there are younger people who might not understand a song where he's talking about like folding clothes for someone just to show them that you love them because you know they're 16 he doesn't expect you to understand that but for him that's something you know that could resonate for people there's people from different perspectives and he wanted to make songs that like 20 years down the line 10 years down the line you'll look back and be like oh that's what he was talking about um, so, you know, it, it could have been corny the way that he, you know, you know, gave us these, like, these, like, talks in between some of them, but for some reason it wasn't. Like, we're all J. Cole fans, we knew what we were getting, we knew what to expect, and it was really earnest and humble the way he did it. Like, this is just a man who's made a bunch of music, um, about his life that he wants to like resonate with us and he just wanted to explain it to us he wanted us to truly get it so that we can appreciate it even more and so the very last song which is the last song of for your eyes only it's the title track for your eyes only it's an eight minute track um that he wrote about one of his friends for his daughter and it's the entire premise of the album. Like, he, the entire album is about this dude. And so he was like, look, this is an eight-minute long song. This is the last song. There will be no encore. Like, this is the last song. And he was like, I understand. He told us about its inception and, like, why he wrote it. And he was like, I understand that you. this isn't a typical song to end a concert on. And you may not want to sit here for eight minutes and listen to it. He was like, yo, you know where the exits are. He was like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, you could beat traffic, whatever. But he was like, but if you want to sit here and, like, let me rap at you about some real shit for eight minutes, like, you know... I'd appreciate it more than you know. And he was like, we don't even have to rap along. He was like, just listen, just listen. He just like, he was like, this is just, you know, this is the, what the entire album is about. You know, he performed it and it was the most poignant, the most, like one of the most like focused performances I've ever seen from him. You know, there were four, there were four verses in that song and the stage um, was in, it was in a square, and at every, after every verse, he turned to a different section of the crowd until you know. For every verse, like by the end of it, he had faced everyone. He he had he had rapped to everyone, and the audience was for the most part just listening. Like we were rapping along, like here and there, but for the most part, it was just an entire stadium full of people listening to Cole like rap for eight minutes about and, and telling us this story and it was it was quite an experience and it was it was something that 
you know, you can only get at a show like Cole or like even Kendrick or something like that. Like that's that's one of the things that you really get from artists like them nowadays. And it, so I understand the slander for Cole, you know, and, and J. Cole gets it, too. He addressed it. You know, people want to turn up all the time. And nowadays there's limited patience for substance when it comes to hip hop. People just want to, like, dance and have fun. But I, I, after leaving this concert, I guarantee you that any J. Cole hater could have walked into that concert as a hater and walked out with a smile on their face. The energy in that building was unlike any hip-hop show I've ever been to. Ever. And, you know, this tour is a must-see. J. Cole fan or not, this tour is a must-see. Because it was, it was real hip-hop in the building. He, even though the structure of that tour or that of that performance is nothing like a, like, just like a turn-up, like, here's the hits... Like, it's, it's nothing like that type of show. Like, everybody walked out of that show completely full. Like, like everybody danced, everybody turned up. He gave us some meaningful, like, stuff to think about. And at the same time, like, you know, his message wasn't diluted. He did it the way he wanted to do. There were no rap features like Ari Lennox was the only one who who touched the stage besides him. You know, it was it was weird because the United Center is huge, but somehow the way J. Cole laid out this concert, this experience, it it seemed way more intimate than it was. Like there are thousands of people in this venue but it felt like we were all it was like a hundred of us just like sitting close together listening to j cole rap it was a it was a dope experience it's the best j cole concert i've ever been to and between him opening for people and him headlining i think i've seen j cole about six times and this was number one this was number one is at the top of the list i think you know, even if you don't like J. Cole, if you just want to go to a good hip hop show, I think this is for you. And if you do like J. Cole, you cannot miss this show. It is it was just fantastic. Um, so I have to give all props to J. Cole. Who knows if this is his last show? You know, homie's been homie's been out here, you know, emotional and talking about like, yo, who knows? I might not come out with another album for like five years. You know, like, you know, J. Cole, he's in a different place now where he doesn't really care about the fame and the money. Like, he's like, yo, I make music to make music if I have a message. But he's not, he doesn't care about features. He doesn't want to collaborate with anyone. He's like, oh, I just want to make my own music and put it out. So the, with the space that he's in, who knows if we'll get another project for another five years. Who knows if he'll tour again. Who knows? So just in case. You want to see, you want to see this tour, um, and I had to get on here and talk about it. J Cole is one of my favorite rappers, and it was, it was, it was quite an experience. So, you know, that's it for the dig deeper segment this week. Um, check out Tyler the Creator's album. Listen to For Your Eyes Only. You know if. If if you're not a J. Cole fan and you want an introduction to the J. Cole that we have today, listen to 2014 Forest Hills Drive, 
and then go straight into For Your Eyes Only. And I guarantee you that will be, you know, a very great 90 minutes of your time. Um, so, yeah, I thank you all for tuning in, listening to uh, that podcast this week. Um, please, please, please tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. This is on SoundCloud. All of that. Um, I appreciate you all. Appreciate you all tuning in. You know, I'm out here. I'm out here trying to give you all, give you all the words. You know, and just have like some dope discussions. I'm trying to also have a lot more guests on the podcast for this third year of the podcast that just started. Um, um, just because I like having these conversations. You know, as much as I I can talk to myself about all of these things, it's also great to feed off of people. Too. So I'm, you know, I'm working on having a bunch of, you know, guests on the podcast so we can have some dope discussions about hip hop and R&B and also give you all keep you all updated on everything that's happening in both genres. So thank you again for listening. Um, I will be back for sure next week with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Peace. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.